and up by our people. You know, when people betray their comrades, they're looking out for their own self-interest. Uh, it was a case of the Lord being slaves to the lower desires, you know. And uh, in that vein, I want to uh, reach out to the Muslim community that this is a brother who is a Muslim. You understand? Uh, his essence is Islam. Islam, from cover to cover, explained in the Holy Quran, you understand, is monotheism. Monotheism means placing Allah Ta'ala, the most important, the most beautiful, the most praiseworthy thing in existence, you know, and when this is the case, you understand, then uh, you have a code, you have a law by which you live by, you have a discipline, you know, but when you put your lower desires as your God, then on the battlefield, you will become a coward, you know, you will be looking out uh, for saving your own skin, as opposed to uh, having a mad love for the mission for which you are on that battlefield. So this is the essence of cowardice on the battlefield. Cowardice, you understand, and selfishness in the political movement which would have you uh, betray your comrades, your friends, you understand? And this, you understand, is the value that we need to uh, uh, place in this brother, you understand, that he uh, would not portray his comrade in spite of the fact that he would get a le <clears throat> lengthy prison system sentence, all right? Um, so, uh, you know, and the other thing about the brother, you know, his medical condition. <clears throat> I think, when I think of the brother's medical condition, I think about how I would not want my foot to be cut off, my leg to be cut off, you know? Uh, and I, I need you brothers and sisters out there to, to think about that. You know, the medical profession is supposed to be the highest, the most humane uh, profession of all. But anything that comes under the uh, umbrella of the prison system, the prison system attracts the most reactionary, the most racist, the most inhuman humans, you understand, uh, 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 that you can find. So whatever falls under that umbrella takes on those characteristics. So uh, you would have a medical system that would, that would be uh, influenced by the racism, you understand, the, the white supremacy of, of Ku Klux Klan type thinking, you understand? So, uh, you know, it's a very, very unsafe for a, a person, for a political prisoner to be subject to this type of so-called medical, so-called care. You know, the brother, you, know, you understand, is reaching out, you understand, uh, for a, a, a personal doctor, his own doctor of his own doctors of his own choosing, you understand, to save his leg, you understand? And so uh, this is a very, very uh, um, serious thing, you understand? So we uh, reach out to our brothers and sisters out there uh, in the free world to support our brother, a brother who fought for us. Remember uh, what the uh, Black Panthers fought for. When you look at the uh, objectives of the, the COINTELPRO, the FBI COINTELPRO, you understand, and look at the objectives of uh, the Black Panther Party, you know, and other formations, you understand, um, what they fought for, you look at the statistics, the life expectancy 
of black people is 10 years less than white folks. So one of the objectives of the Black Panther Party was to, uh, to, to turn that around. You understand? In childbirth, black women die three times more than white, than white women do. You understand? Uh, infant mortality, two times more than uh, uh, in black women than in white women, you know? So uh, some of the objectives, you understand, for the, the fighting for justice, people out there serving the community, these are some of the, uh, the heartfelt concerns, you understand? The fact that the income of black people is 65% less than that of white folks, you understand? The concern that uh, formations like the Black Panther Party have for self-defense for black people. These are some of the objectives that the COINTELPRO, you understand, uh, organizes against, you understand, when it, when, it, when it has a program of defamation of political prisoners, of slander, you understand, to cause a, a rift, you understand, so these formations can't come together to uh, cause um, a disrespect among what they call uh, the, the respectable black community, people with influence, you understand, who could uh, get the word out there of the importance of our political freedom. People, uh, people like uh, professional people, people in education, celebrities, and people like this, you understand, to uh, 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 defame uh, our political prisoners and, uh, and, and to them, you understand, um, yes. to uh, put a, well, a separation between uh, revolutionaries and black nationalists and the youth. You understand? Uh, I think Fra uh, Brother Frank is going to read a piece later on by uh, uh, Brother Lambe. You understand? And what the gist of what you can understand in this piece is these kids out here killing one another. They're Americans. Right. Absolutely. You right on point. They're Americans. And they I, should be Africans. Absolutely. That's straight and to the point. Lambe made very important points uh, during the late 90s about the influences that. Um, what was going on in the community and how certain behavior being praised. And that's why we need to take leadership in our community. And that's why we need to take a position when it comes to our political prisoners because our political prisoners took a position. So right now, without further ado, I'm going to uh, introduce our guests because our guests need that moment to uh, give the people attention and uh, talk about what was going on or what is going on rather with our brother, uh, Kamal Siddiqui. So, uh, here you are, Brother Chef. You on? You are mute. All power oh, to the people, people, brother. Yeah, um, I guess we're waiting for my comrade, Sister Rowdy, to come in. Um, yeah, basically, um, I want to welcome everyone just tuning in today um, to get this information on our caption, um, Comrade Brother Siddiqui. Um, and um, just basically, uh, I'm here representing the campaign, the free international campaign, the free Kamala Sadiqi. Now, we want to bring our brother home. His language in prison is currently in the Augusta uh, so called uh, medical prison, which is actually a death house. Mm -hmm. And just quickly, uh, by way of introduction, uh, I'm a veteran of the original Black Panther Party right here in New York City. New York chapter did most of my work primarily under the Harlem and Bronx sections. And um, I guess now you can introduce yourself. Thanks, everybody. Peace, Hop. Peace, Frank. Peace, sister. Peace. How are you? All is well. How are you doing? Good, good. Good. Right good to see y'all. Good to see y'all. You too. You too. It's been a while, right? 
Right on. I'll see you in a minute. Right on. Very welcome. It's our obligation as a people to uh, free our political prisoners. Thank you. Uh, so what we want to know today more uh, about is Kamal Siddiqui, you know, his history and uh, the campaign to bring him home. Because this, I'm currently living in uh, South Jamaica, Queens, and I want to do my part with, uh, in educating my community about Kamal Siddiqui because uh, people need to know who their freedom fighters are. And we, when we look at his history, we know about his history. So one of y'all could go into the history of it and let us know about what the people need to know in terms of what should be done regarding bringing him home. Okay, so I'll slide off and tell you that Kamal Siddiqui, um, he was born and raised in New York City. He was born on February 19, 
So I'm going to leave it right there, Sharp, and in case you want to add something to it. Yeah, just basically, it's important to understand that um, in 1971, due to the attacks of the um, counterintelligence program by J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI, and um, basically the U.S. government attacking all black organizations in general, with the Black Panther Party in particular, a split came about. And in that split, um, folks were forced to go underground because um, they were being hunted, killed, captured, forced into exile. Our families were being threatened and terrorized by law enforcement and by the government itself. And so some folks had to go underground. Kamal was one of those who went underground into the Black Liberation Army. Um, as a Panther, you could not join any type of formation that was military except for the Black Liberation Army. So Kamal, along with a lot of other comrades in the party, were forced to go underground, and it was there that he was eventually captured. So Valerie um, mentioned about, you know, when he was um, picked up, you know, which basically happened after the terrorist attacks in 2001. During that time, the United States had decided they were going to pick up all the old so-called terrorists from the 60s and 70s and 80s and try to clean up these cold cases, as they call them. So they had to dig up a case that Kamal was originally um, like, you know, acquitted from. Mm. Or actually, in 71, there was a police officer in Atlanta that was killed. And... Um, there was no charges that were found against those who were um, scooped up. And so he was not charged at that time in 71. But after the terror attacks in 2001, um, they wanted to get anybody they could. So they dug up this case for 31 years ago and tried to put that on Kamal. And as Valerie said, he had two daughters. He has two daughters. One of them is the um, daughter of Asada Shakur. Um, the other was the daughter of another panther that he um, had a relationship with. And um, the government said, give us Asada. <clears throat> if you could convince her to go to another country where we can extradite her, then you don't have to worry about going to prison. Of course, um, as, as Hawk mentioned earlier, he refused to do that, to um, you know, entrap our sister comrade and be a snitch and be a sellout. And so today he's in prison. Thanks, Chef. Yeah, and so... I'm sorry. No, those are very important points. And I know one of the things that um, our viewers need to know is that he had converted to Islam. And I think that that's important because uh, that makes the uh, Islamic community or people of Islamic faith uh, responsible for advocating for the release of their one of their brothers. And Abdu'l-Haq, what does that mean when somebody converts to Islam? How does that make them as in terms of being an even uh, dedicated person towards are doing things that's morally correct. And when they do that, they're in a brotherhood and a sisterhood, you know. And you gotta love your brother what you love for yourself, you know. Uh, I mean, if you're a true brother or true sister, you know, you can have some food in your refrigerator and give it all to your brother and be hungry yourself, you know. So uh, this is a brother who uh, did what uh, Islam said to do, to stand up for justice. You know, and the stand for justice is what has mobilized millions of people, you know, throughout history. And it's a very, very noble, you understand, and praiseworthy, you understand, endeavor to fight for justice 
you know, uh, against the, uh, for the oppressed, against the oppressor, and that's what he did. So the Islamic community needs to support him. Yeah, great point. I'm sorry, Val. You was about to say something. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that's okay. No, that's fine. I was just gonna talk. You know, I want to talk to the audience right now and tell them why it's important that we support Kamal right now. Kamal is 68 years old, as I mentioned. He has various medical conditions. He has um, hepatitis C. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. He has sarcoidosis. He has open wounds that need to be um, cared for. He had COVID-19. And of course, the fact that he's an elder, you know, he's struggling with other things. So our position is that Kamal committed his life to, to fight for, for our people, for his community. And now is our time to do that for him and our other elders. Well, he's been in prison for almost 20 years. And again, he should be home with his family. And well, um, we need to, you know, ante up and, um, you know, continue to fight for our, for our brothers inside
I could put the address up there right now. Said before, and I just want to uh, um, put emphasis on it. Wherever you at, 
you know, advocate for political prisoners. Make sure you get a shirt, a button. I know Brother Shep got those buttons. Let's get those buttons. And whenever you are somewhere, make sure you have a brochure. I know I had a free Kamal Siddiqui um, mask on. I had the mask on, and this lady at the store uh, asked me, who is that? And I gave her the Northeast Political Prisoner Coalition uh, brochure. So use that as an opportunity to uh, engage somebody in the community on Kamal Siddiqui. So we, know we don't need to waste no opportunities. That's right. Free them all. Free them all. Free them all. Free them all. All right, peace, y'all. Thanks, Frank. No doubt. You welcome. See y'all soon. Peace. Peace. All right. Look forward to seeing y'all. For sure. Peace. 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 Hey, y'all. Hold up, yeah, I think you still on. Oh, she off. So there you y'all have it. And now it's up to the people to do what needs to be done. But you know, whenever we finish our show, we always got to finish off the right way. And that is by having our brother in the hip hop community, our brother Killer Mike, with this very it's important message. She's like, Michael, it is time that you guys organize a fund to set aside to help people who sacrifice for our freedom. Meaning, we, every time something happens, I hear this. Why don't the gang bangers jump up and do something for them? Why don't you kill them? You kill each other. And I say to myself, when is the last time you sent money to Asada Shakur? When is the last time you sent money to Matulu Shakur? When is the last time you sent money to Mamiya Abu-Jamal or Larry Hoover or Jeff Ford or Leonard Pelter? When is the last time you have made it your business to send money to a revolutionary or a hoodlum that has helped us? And until we start to do that, how can we ask these young men to be warriors? Because if they do it in the name of the hood, at least the hood going to honor their name always. At least the hood going to make sure at least their children got something or their mama's house is looked after. They have a, um, scores of things happening there. Um, this organization is carrying on the work of Carter, Woods, Carter G. Woodson, who wrote the book, The Miseducation of, of the Negro. Their organization is a ASALA.com. And they're doing scores of presentations on black history. Like I said, I'll give you those addresses again. You know, uh, we're organizing our ideas today around what Brother Malcolm said about history. Brother Malcolm said that of all research, it is history that can give us the greatest rewards. The greatest rewards come through our study of history. You know, so we take control of our history. We own our history instead of letting someone else, a predator, tell us what our history means. To use history to uh, make the type of human beings that they want, that they can exploit, that they can uh, torture and misuse and abuse, you understand, for their own gain. That's how they want to use history, but we take ownership of our history and look and see 
what that history can do for us. One thing, when we study history, we are keen, uh, are keen on reality. What is the real? The real is that we are in a state of war. Our enemy, the United States of America, this capitalist imperialist system, this colonizer, has been in a constant state of war for decades, for centuries, in a constant state of war. And has been at war with our people. You know, uh, weapons, uh, 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 torture, you know, oppression, uh, sending armies against our people. This is war. You know, we can't define it as anything else. Some people might want to define that as a fashion show. You know, being lynched, you know, uh, being murdered, being raped. They might want to uh, 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 define that as a party, as a good time. But no, you know, we have to define the reality. You know, right now, the enemy who has, um, who has moved against our people has got a big movement right now to try to crush our education, to crush the truth of our history. In fact, they're going around threatening violence to black colleges and black educators who teach our people the truth. So to understand the reality of the war that we've been engaged in, you understand, this produces the type of human being, you understand, the type of youth, the type of young people who are brought up and nurtured, you understand, and, edu and educated with understanding that we must resist, that we must be strong, you know, and our political prisoners have to be a part of that history. Our political prisoners are a part of the history that the enemy would like to exclude, you know, the way that they example this resistance, this stand up, this strength, this courage, this loyalty, you know, the these principles, you understand, uh, that served our interests, you know, that worked with us, that helped us, you understand, that pushed us forward, that inspired us, you know, uh, the, the political prisoners are part of that history, you know, and us being in charge of our own history, we must remember our political prisoners, you know, and their contributions, their voices must be heard. Uh, the example of Brother Matulu, who threw his body on the leadership, covered up the leadership when the Ku Klux Klan was firing into the church. You know, of Brother Mumiabu Jamal, who is a scholar. You know, we need more young intellectuals to come up to tell the truth to our people, to raise our people up. You know, the example of Kamal Sadiq, who exampled the principle of not telling, you understand, uh, not telling to save his own skin. You know, uh, these type of things enliven uh, and, and, and give meaning to our history. You know, a former political prisoner, Sekou Odinga, you understand, who uh, lived up to the principle of never abandoning your comrades. And, and I want to just uh, take a few minutes to uh, talk about Sekou Odinga because right I remember talking about talking to Sekou Odinga and he telling me that he was sentenced to life in prison and he told the judge so the judge is sentencing him to life in prison he told the judge what what makes you God what makes you think I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life in prison mm -hmm. and sometimes when we talk about our political prisoners and they got these life sentences 
people would talk to us and maybe hear that it's hopeless, that you can't fight to bring them home. But we, the people, the taxpayers, that they use our money to incarcerate our political prisoners, we have that power, right? We have that responsibility when we're conscious of it to uh, free our political prisoners. We got to be organized. We got to put pressure on those we elected and tell them, listen, that person or those people who you incarcerated in this so-called correctional facility got to come home. And we want him to come home because we need his ideas and her ideas to help our people move forward. Because these political prisoners, prior to their incarceration or even and after their incarceration, they continue to develop. They continue to come up with ideas that will move our people forward. But we are being denied those benefits because they are incarcerated. They are incarcerated because of a system that against those type of people, organizing people in their own interests, organizing people to move forward. Like... We're, we're receiving victories, right? Throughout the years, you notice things happening. For instance, you have the former team known as the Washington Redskins. Now they call the Washington team. Now they finally have a name called um, the Commanders, right? This is years of organizing, years of people fighting, saying that this name is derogatory to people, to a certain people, and this name needs to be removed. Certain people thought that that would never happen. And certain people thought that Sekou Odenga would never come home. Certain people thought that uh, Jalil Abdul Muta King would never come home. Right. But people organized. They consistently put pressure on the system to bring our people home. Now it's time for us to bring our brother Sundiata Akoli home. He's 85 years old. He's been incarcerated for almost 50 years. He has an extended uh, a disciplinary uh, record re regarding um, his ability to take orders in his so-called correctional facility, right? He has that record where it's squeaky clean, you know, for clarity's sake. Uh, he's, his record is excellent. And the whole point is that, you know, when you consider these factors, there's a serious contradiction that's out there regarding this facility and their intentions. They want our political prisoners to die in prison. And we say that we're organized people and we won't allow that to happen, that we're going to step up and put pressure on them. We got to bring it to the community. A community need to know their history. I'm currently residing in South Jamaica, Queens. And um, I know that those people in that community need to know who Kamal Siddiqui is, who Matulu Shakur is, and why they need to stand behind them being uh, let home and back into their community. Their community needs them. They need their work. They need their strong mind to continue to develop and continue to move ourselves forward and our people. These are real heroes, right? They're fighting real enemies, real crime to the people. And uh, that's why they're currently incarcerated, because of their ability to do that. I'm sorry, brother. I had to get that off my chest. Oh, that's right it's something on, that brother. needed to be said. It's something that I was practicing because I understand that the people need to hear that. And that's why we need to commit ourselves to some time throughout the week when it comes to political prisoners matter. So, brother. That's right on, brother. You know, and you brought up the subject of hope, which is uh, central, critical to what we're talking about. One of the strategic aims of our enemy is to make us hopeless, to make us think that there's nothing that we can do, that uh, anything that we would try to do is in vain. You understand? There's a cliche that goes around America that you can be and do anything that you want to be and do. However, in this educational system, you know, it says you can do and be anything you want to be except to stand up against the oppressor. 
you know, and um, as uh, Michael J. Akeno, uh, a sergeant major in the Navy, uh, who also uh, was a, a satanic pr practitioner, said that his main strategy against his enemy was to crush the spirit, you know, to uh, destroy the hope. You understand? In the art of war, the same thing Saint, Saint Zeus said, Saint Zeus said the art of war to destroy the enemy's uh, 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 hope to over, completely overwhelm the enemy's spirit, you know. So this education, the education that comes from the predator is different from the education that we give ourselves because part of that education, like I say, the cliche is that you can be and do anything in America that you want to be and do. However, through the educational, that excludes standing up to this global oppressor, this oppressor who's gone around the world and murdered hundreds and hundreds of millions of people to build wealth and empire. You know, through education, uh, we get the idea that there's nothing we can do about this criminal, about this enemy. But through our own education, we teach our youth that we can stand up. And we had examples of those who had this, this type of hope, had this type of belief, these believers, these true believers who put together and mobilized black hot resistance, you know, you know, these Wapaluka prisoners are, and these are the voices that need to be free. Jamil Abdul Alameen, formerly known as, as H. Rap Brown, you understand, who uh, taught our people, you understand, to overcome the slavery to the lower desires, and this is what the enemy uh, 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 perpetuates in the culture, that we have to be, uh, uh, operate on the level of a beastly slavery to our lower desires. And so this is the culture of America, you know. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the oppressor through oppression and torture and dehumanization and disrespect taught us to, dis uh, to disrespect ourselves, you know, and, and define us as an N-word, you understand? And sometimes our people has accepted that definition of N-word. The definition of N-word is worthless. You know, disloyal, distrustworthy, you understand, uh, uh, enemy to their own kind, hating their own kind, you know, like we see these shootings out here in the street, you know, that comes from, from us hating ourselves and hating one another, you know, taking on this definition that uh, our oppressor gave us, you know, that we were worthless, you know, but we said, no, we are people of worth, and that in our history, we look back on our history, and we see, uh, Great heroes, you understand, and sheroes in our history who stood up, you know, and our political are among them. Right now, uh, there is a, a trend in looking in history which says to say those they was cool, you know, but 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 that's about it, like an example of the Panthers. Right now, the Black Panthers are very, very popular, you know, but that goes no further, you know, through the um shackles that come from the enemy on the brain of saying there's some cool brothers, some bad brothers. You know, however, you know, it doesn't go uh, far enough to say that we got to fight to get them free. It just said we need to sit back and say, oh man, they was bad. You understand? But you know, we got to take those examples, you understand, and put it as part of our culture, like the culture of uh, George Jackson, who said, settle your, settle your disputes. Brother George Jackson was a brother who was for his brothers in, in, 
in, a, in the gulag, you understand, who organize our brothers to come together in unity and not to fight and kill one another, you understand, and uh, but Brother Matulu Shakur, you know, I did a little time with Matulu, this is a brother who will fight something 100 feet tall, you know, this brother had, had hard figures all outdoors, you understand, and his thing was don't talk about doing something, but do it, you know, so don't just sit back and praise our Black Panthers, you understand? The movie Black Panther came out and a, a, a gift that the, the Panther leadership gave our people to make us understand that with their people, there is power. So understand that um, this has to be an historical example as we take control and own our history. You understand? That we do have power. You know, we have the power to make this uh, movement, you understand, to free our political prisoners, to make this a priority, to push it, to make it popular. You know, uh, Brother Matulu also said that people with a big voice, we need to reach out to them. You know, we're going to be reaching out to people who have a big voice in our community. We're going to be reaching out to Killer Mike and people like that who have 500,000 listeners, you know, you understand what I'm saying? People who are, uh, we were reaching out to, you know, so, so y'all who are listening to this, you know, any of y'all that have access the people that got a big microphone, they got a big mic, uh, 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 loudspeaker that they need to promote our political prisoners, you understand, because these are brothers and sisters, you understand, that came out and defended us when we needed self-defense, you know. Uh, there's always been a white backlash against our fight for human rights, you know. After Reconstruction, there was a, 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 a racist backlash that the government, the U.S. government, you understand, kowtowed to, you understand, and uh, reverse things, you know. And so it's been these backlashes through history. We see a, a, a backlash right now with the rise of these white militias that are training right now to kill black people. One right, thing, the, those real enemies. Yeah, you know, and one thing that the news will not make prevalent is that the main aim of people like those folks from January January 6th, the main aim of those people is to oppress black people. That's a white backlash. That is a backlash against Obama, you know, who uh, you know was a colonizer too, you know, but that's a backlash against that. And their main objective, priority, you understand, triple A priority, you understand, is to kill black people. So, you know, a true understanding and a true message that comes from a history that we control is that we got to organize for self-determination. We got to organize to define ourselves, to uh, speak for ourselves, to define our own reality, to uh, organize for self-defense. You know, I mean, that's something that makes sense. When Absolutely. you look at history and, and, the, and the, the reality of history, you act in a way that makes some daggone sense. That's logical. You know, so what is it logical for you to do if somebody's making a war on you? You understand? You make preparations. You organize. You resist. You form an opposition. You know, and our young brothers and sisters in the educational system, at the elementary at the, and the college level, you understand? This is what they need to get from us being in control of our own history. You understand? Uh, we need new intellectuals. You understand? Who respond to history with reality? With reality, with, with, with logic, with me, what makes sense, you know. So when we understand, you know, and uh, the, the different lessons, you understand, um, 
you know, the, uh, the, 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 when, when we see that this oppressor, this colonizer went to every continent on the face of this earth and murdered half a billion people, you know, to uh, uh, produce wealth and empire, you know, uh, what is our logical uh, act when we understand these things, you understand, is for us to survive, you know, and our political prisoners are those who answered the call when we needed self-defense, you know, for our, for our survival and for our interests. Exactly. Well said. Always on point. Right now, we want to take a few minutes to let our viewers know what's coming up. Our brother, uh, Kamal Siddiqui, there's a birthday celebration on uh, Everbright. Um, please sign up, learn more about Kamal Siddiqui, if you happen to, especially if you happen to live in South Jamaica, Queen. Learn about your rich history. Learn about your history of resistance. Learn about your history of organizing. Learn about your history that allowed you to be in the current situation you are in. I mean, it's although we need more improvement, we came a long way. And we came a long way because of certain people's sacrifice. We have to realize that any and everything we got, no matter how small or big it is, is because people organized and fought for it. Nobody got anything free, right? Everybody have received something because somebody who came before them sacrificed. So February 19th, celebrate the life of Kamal Siddiqui. You still with us and physically? We want to uh, have mm -hmm. a good turnout, strong turnout. Go to uh, Everbright and register. Uh, they're going to be taking donations. That's February 19th from the hours of 7 to 19th, uh, 7 to uh, 9 p.m. Uh, you go to, uh, uh, also for more information, go to Free Kamal Siddiqui Campaign at Gmail. Again, that's Free Kamal Siddiqui at Gmail. And register at everbright.com. Look for uh, Kamal Siddiqui, political prisoner. Uh, on that website and you'll be able to go through the steps needed so you can participate in that very important uh, program it's to celebrate what he's done up to this point and how you need to contribute to him coming home because like I said earlier Sekou Odinga was sentenced to life and people organized and he studied his case, he hit that library hard and he's home with us now, been so for a number of years and he's able to uh, continue uh, his position in the fight for our national liberation, the fight for political prisoners, is included in that struggle for national liberation because political prisoners are prisoners of war. We're at war here. You know, we are fighting to be liberated, and they are leading the charge. They got captured, and we got to bring them home, and we, and we have to learn from them as we continue to struggle. One of, the, yeah, one of the things that I wanted to bring before we conclude this episode is the importance of children writing to political prisoners. And I was speaking to Abdul Haq about how did it feel when the youth wrote him? Well, it felt great. You know, um, while I was uh, in prison, there were certain organizations out in the street that organized uh, youth to write to political prisoners. And so, uh, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, give them some views, give them some things that would uh, encourage them, you understand, to, to fight for the people to be uh, an asset uh, 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 to our folks, you know, uh, a benefit, you know, uh, which would, and, and, you know, and to uh, steer them away from the type of life, you know, life, uh, lifestyle that, uh, you know, leads to prison, you know, and uh, all the, um, 
uh, problems and um, you know misfortune that black people have through a miseducation. You know, so I was very very happy that I could be you know like like a big brother. You know, even though I couldn't be right there next to him, you know, that was my uh, view. You understand the vision I had of being a big brother, you know, from miles away, you know, uh, helping and appreciating, you know, their love for me, for reaching out for me and communicating. So when they wrote you and you respond back, um, how did this dialogue continue to go on? Well, you know, in some cases, it, it, it lasted you know, uh, for a while, you know. They told me about the things happening in their life. I give them little, uh, uh, little suggestions and, you know, trying to drop some pearls of wisdom on them and stuff, you know, uh, you know through my experiences. And uh, all geared toward a proper, you know, uh, vision of... You know, we are people who need to struggle, that we need to fight, we need to stand up, we need to stand up for justice, you know, that we've been done some very, very grave injustices, you know, and that, you know, I'm one who stood up for justice, and I appreciate that they appreciate, you know, what I tried to do for them, you know, so it was love, you know. That's excellent, brother. We have to continue to con continue to keep our people inspired, continue to move forward strong, continue to do this work because, uh, you know, we have to be responsible for our national liberation in our lifetime because nobody's going to come and do anything for us. We have to do all these things for ourselves. Uh, I know at certain points we get tired because of the issues that we're facing, but we have to continue because uh, we can't afford to pass our problems on to the next generation. And that's what's crucial about our children learning about political prisoners and learning from them. It's going to uh, build up their confidence. Right. They're going to become stronger. So right. when they have to take on the fight, they know how to lead us. Right. right. 20 years down the line, how do we envision the world? Or how do we envision our household? Even if you don't want to look at the entire world, look at your household. Mm -hmm. How are you preparing yourself for the next 20 years? Some people say, I could have a nice retirement plan, a nice 401k plan. But what happens if your leadership ain't in order? You know, mm -hmm. brother, touch on that. You know, what happens when your children don't have the right leadership? What happens yeah, to the well, household? You know, when, you, uh, when you are in contact with those strong spirits, you know, uh, that strong spirit enters you, you know. Um, you know, and, and this is uh, the value of our people being in contact with our political prisoners through writing, you understand, this, 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 this encouragement, this inspiration, you know, this um, teaching, you, know, you understand, of what is the uh, correct path to take, you, know, you understand, uh, in view of the realities that we live in, you know. Um, so, you know, this puts the type of strength in our people that our people need, which can be even multiplied. Of the, if these brothers and sisters was out here among us, you know, right there, standing right next to us, you understand what I'm saying? Now, you know, this is done from a distance, from miles and miles and miles away, sometimes hundred thousand miles away. This inspiration goes out through the telephone wire and through letters, you understand? But they need to be right next to us, you understand? That presence right next to us, you understand, to show enough show enough, build that strength.
you know, build that character that is necessary to deal with the with the show enough real, real deal that's going down. Absolutely, right on point, right to the right to the key of the issues. Mm -hmm. And I think that you know everything that needed to be said has been said. I just I, want to talk about a couple of uh, more. Go ahead, brother, you before we close up. You had mentioned a couple of things that's coming up online. You mentioned the uh, thing online about Kamal Siddiqui. Also, I said that I was going to repeat some information uh, where, where people can plug in to get some Black History Month uh, um, information and, and programming, okay? Um, like I said, one of them is Black History 360. That's on WBLS. They have series of... Uh, Black History Month uh, information and, and presentations happening there. Another, like I said before, was um, the organization that, 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 that doing the work of Carter G. Woodson, who worked, wrote the book, The Miseducation of the Negro. His organization is ASALH.com, you know, and they expound on various aspects of our black history. Also, something that's happening right now is a move for reparations. When somebody stick you up and you want the wealth back that was taken from you, that's your reparations. And by the, your wealth being stolen, you understand, you are, uh, uh, you are kind of, there's been a, a, a level of destruction that needs to be repaired. So that repair has to come through reparations, through stolen wealth. Queen Mother Moore said $777 trillion. So something that's happening right now is the December 12th movement is organizing, understand, to go to D.C. August 17th to demand that Joe Biden issue a, six, a $50 million down payment for reparations, you understand, to build a state-of-the-art health care facility. You know, we have these health care disparities. You know, our life expectancy is 10 years less than white people. Um, maternity, maternity deaths are three times more than white women. A child, uh, 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 infant mortality is two times more than white babies. You understand? So these type of things come through uh, of poverty. You understand? Of us, us not having the wealth to get the level of living that we need to have. So this move it's happening right now, you know, so these are some of the things that's being organized during Black History Month. So to be in touch with the uh, December 12th movement organizing, uh, contact d12.com, Black Power. Black Power, well said, straight to the point, you know, uh, it's very powerful, Much important information that we're giving you. We're going to, um, unfortunately, it's time for us to come to that end of our show. I thought that uh, everything that needed to be stuff needed to be discussed Straight was in. discussed. Um, please share, please like, please subscribe. And as we always do, we want to just leave you with a couple of words from a good brother by the name of Killer Mike. Because mm -hmm. this message, I, we can't hear it enough. But it's on the point and uh, it's needed. People don't understand. You know, Michael, it is time that you guys organize a fund to set aside to help people.
people who sacrifice my freedom. Me. We, every time something happens, I hear this. Why don't the gang bangers jump up and do something for us? Why don't you kill them? You kill each other. And I say to myself, when is the last time you sent money to Asada Shakur? When, when is the last time you sent money to Matulu Shakur? When is the last time you sent money to Mamiya Abu Jamal? Or Larry Hoover? Or Jeff Ford? Or Leonard Pelter? When is the last time you have made it your business to send money to a revolutionary or a hoodlum that has helped us? And until we start to do that, how can we ask these young men to be warriors? Because if they do it in the name of the hood, at least the hood going to honor their name always. At least the hood going to make sure at least their children got something or their mama's house is looked after. As a community, if we're going to ask people to bungee jump for us with no cord, be prepared to take care of them when they get a license. Be prepared to look after their family. See, I don't mind the work getting done, but let's take care of the workers. Let's stop asking more out of people than we would do for ourselves. So what I'd like to see, my dream thing, is to see one million people from the culture dedicate $10 a month. That's $10 million a month, $120 million a year toward taking care of civil rights leaders who have worked on our back. Have and are elderly now and don't have to take care of themselves like Rosa Parks, whose rent was paid by the owner of, of, of um, Little Caesar's Pizza. We should have had a fund to make sure that she never had to worry about that again in her life. We should have a fund that makes sure money makes it to a side of Shakur. And Matulu Shakur has, 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 legal, has legal representation and food. And Little Pelcher, who has um, diabetes in jail, can get insulin and taken care of. And until we start doing it, $10 a month is about what you pay on a couple fast food restaurant business. So if a million of us do that for the rest of our life, look at how well we'll be taking care of the people that we're asked to sacrifice on our behalf. I agree. And uh, recently Well said, right to the point. Well said, right to the point. And as we always do, we have to bring this episode to an end. What's the call? Free them all. What's the call? Free them all. What's the call? Free them all. Please share and do your part. Share, share with at everywhere. least 10 people. Yeah, and please share subscribe to everywhere. the YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's uh, life is dependent on it. Yeah.